Blog Talk Radio. This is the Change Book Radio Show, global insight and inspiration for life and business. We're brought to you by the fastest growing personal development book series in the world titled The Change. And I'm your host and voice, Stacey Carnaluti, transformational leader and coach, international best-selling author, and founder of High Power Success Academy and StaceyC.com, The Power to Be. Welcome to The Change. Hey, friends. Happy Wednesday. We have got Amy Ostrowski with us today from sunny San Diego. Can you hear me, Amy? I can. Thank you for having yes. me today. <laughs> awesome. All right. I'm going to introduce her. She's an advocate for diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Her unique view of the special needs population comes from extensive experience in the community. She's worked as a special education teacher as well as a job placement and development expert. Having a sister with a disability, Amy knows both the employer as well as the employee side of the struggle. Her passion is to create cultures where people with disabilities are accepted and valued. And I I love that. We're going to talk about your entrepreneur spirit today and how you got so passionate about filling this um, huge need, really, in the workplace. So welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Let's start from the beginning. Um, You are meeting some goals, like some diversity inclusion goals that are very real in the workplace, but that didn't just happen overnight. So let's go back to the beginning and tell us how this passion in you kind of was cultivated over the years. Absolutely. So um, I am one of two children in my family. And uh, my parents raised us very equally. You know, everyone needed to do their chores, go to school, get good grades, you know, find a job, go to some college, get out of the house, live independently. (laughs) And that sounds, you know, pretty legit for pretty much any family, except for the fact that my sister has a disability. She has Down syndrome. And so not everybody sees the equality in that, but my parents did. My parents set goals for her to do everything that, you know, a typical person would do, Uh, maybe not on the same timeline, but to achieve those goals nonetheless. And so that's how I was brought up. And that's how I've always seen people with disabilities is as, you know, people first that have a few extra challenges sometimes, but can accomplish what they put their mind to. Um, It just might take them a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I get out into the education realm, um, you know, being a student myself and then uh, a teacher, and I see that not the world does not see uh, people with disabilities the same way. <laughs> they see mm. someone who is either, like, not complete or broken or can't do. And so since my teaching years early on in my career, I was fighting for inclusion of, you know, they need to be in the regular ed classes with their peers. And it just kind of evolved you know, seeing my sister grow and seeing what she's accomplished and the time frame it took for her to accomplish certain things, you know, from complicated tasks to simple tasks like tying shoes. It mm. took her until well into her 20s to tie shoes. Thank God for Velcro on the side, you know, but <laughs> she learned it. And, you know, so her shoe variety is much more um, diverse now as it was in the past. Yeah. And um, I really want, you know, the rest of the world to see that these aren't broken human beings that can't do that, you know, have less of a life, that they have a lot to contribute. And it might not be in the same box that, you know, we put everyone else in, but it's, you know, it's valuable nonetheless. Yeah. We have so much to learn from them. I see that side of the coin as well. 
Yeah, it's it's so important. Diversity is one me thing. daily for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. What's something huge that you learned from your sister? Let's stop right there. That she has a unique view on life, that because expectations are different and she sees the world differently, um, it's it's the way that she sees things. She does see the good in people. She sees what they can do, and yeah. she embraces that. And, um, you know, I could ha- be having the most horrible day for whatever reason, and she will find that happy spot. Well, you know, at least it's still sunny or, hey, you got to go surfing today, even though the rest of the day may be one of those ones that makes you want to, you know, crawl under the covers and never come out. So, yeah. Isn't that yeah, amazing, yeah, though? I mean, real. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And, and so these are some of the gifts that, you know, these people bring into the workplace. I mean, having those little Absolutely. moments of refreshing um, can just help the culture so much. So diversity is one thing, but this whole idea of inclusion, this is the no joke part. <laughs> exactly. It's not that as easy. Exactly. So what are some of the challenges that the companies face and, you know, their attempt, you know, their hardest, right, to try to hire the disabled uh, population, but what are some of the challenges that they come up against? So I think a lot of the challenges are in the workforce. We have these great little boxes that we've tried to put people into called job descriptions. Mm. And a, a lot of people that have disabilities might not fit into that, you know, neat size little box. And so it's getting companies out of their comfort zone and looking outside of the, that box. So, for example, I have clients uh, that I place that would be great in, say, retail but you really don't want them to use the cash register because they'll you'll either be very rich or very poor by the end of the day. And I can't guarantee <laughs> you which way that might go, but they can do everything else on the job you know, description. They can help the customers. They can stock, they can do go backs. They can, you know, tidy up whatever the other job description things are in the job descriptions and they get overlooked because they can't cashier. And even if you say to them, well, you know, do you have all of your employees at any shift on the cash, you know, the cash registers all at the same time so there's no one on the floor? And you get the no, but that's not fair to others. And it's just everyone having equal is not the same as equity. Equal right. is everyone has the exact same thing. Equity is everyone has what they need to be successful. Yeah. And so being able to work with companies and say, hey, you know, what if we tweak this job description this way? Look at the benefits. You know, it might be a higher production rate. It might be a variety of things depending on the industry. But being able to look outside that box and see the value in that person and give them the chance yeah, to prove it. Because the disabled population is 20% of the United States. Mm-hmm. And only uh, less than 20% of that population are employed. And oh, 80% yeah. want to be employed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a huge untapped workforce out there that really needs to be tapped into. Yeah, yeah. So what are companies missing out on by not hiring them? Well, like you said before, it, 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 um, the research has shown that morale just goes up, first off. It's, it's like they have this presence that for, it's just the way they see life, I think, that it brings up the morale. Um, revenue actually increases amazingly enough for two for two reasons. If you employ my sister, I'm going to go tell my friends and family, hey, go shop there, go get their services because they're employing my sister or you know, I have a mm-hmm. friend with a disability, same thing. And so that exponentially increases your uh, customer base. And you never know, you might have someone who has great productivity 
that you're like, holy cow, you can, you know, pack that stuff up twice as fast as a typical employee. So it could just be on that side too. The industry standard of what you need to get done in a day could increase. So yeah. there's so many factors. Um, and yeah. on top of it, I think one of the big things that I always hear is, oh, they're more of a liability, you know, workman's comp. Oh my gosh, you know, we're going to get lawsuits because they're going to slip and fall or they're going to hurt themselves. And the great thing is in the last 10 years, there's been a lot of research done. They're 20% less likely to have an accident and they're 20% more likely to stay with the company and take less uh, vacation and sick days. Mm. So there you, go. you get less of the bad thing and more of the good things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this is where you come in. So tell us exactly like who your ideal client is and, and exactly what you do for them. So I work with, with companies of all sizes. Um, this year, my focus is very much on government contracted agencies because here in the United States, there's a federal law that states that by next year, 2020, you have to have a plan in place to increase your disabled employee population up to 7%. You don't have to get 7% in 2020, but you have to have that plan in place and be working that plan. And what I'm finding is companies are trying to do this, and they, you know, form committees. It's usually their diversity and inclusion committees, but they have no idea how to do it. And so they, they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts, and they're doing their best, and what they put forth might not work and I've seen it not work and everyone gets very frustrated and then it's kind of, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're just not going to do it. And so I want to go in and show them it's not that hard if you know how to structure it. And I go in with a very detailed plan that has certain steps, goals, trainings that are customized for those companies for the goals that they want to achieve so that they can prove to, you know, any government contract agency that comes if they say, Hey, are you working this plan? Yes, we are, and this is how we're doing it, and here's the progress we've made. But um, I will work with any size company because I think startups are great because if you get that corporate culture from day one, you don't have to change it 10 years in. Yeah, um, wow. I think that's something that's really challenging in any aspect of diversity and inclusion. When you try to shift that corporate culture, everyone's like, ooh, change, dig their heels in. So I think it's <laughs> a little bit more challenging then. <laughs> Um, and takes a little bit more work, but, you know, I'm up for the challenge of that because there's so many benefits that come with it, but I think it really helps to have an expert in the disability community to help, you know, change that corporate culture before you hire someone in so that they can be successful, the company can be successful, and everyone can be really comfortable working around them. They're not afraid to say hi or, hey, do you need some help or, give that support that's needed or just treat them as a colleague and say, Hey, we're going to happy hour. You want to come? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so are you on site then? Yes. When you're so starting I, this? Uh, okay. I, yep. So I, I, if it needs to be you know, a little bit remote as well, it's a little combination of both. So okay. there's groundwork that the company needs to do because they know what their goals are and what they want to build. So they do have to put in the legwork of, okay, this is, you know, the first step that we want to take or we, you know, we want to do it in small steps or large steps. And then we work together to create this plan and I come in and do the trainings that are customized specifically for their company and um, what their needs are. They might have some great um, things already in place. Maybe they have great recruiters that know how to 
um, rearrange the interview questions so that they're easier to answer, but you still get the information that you need. Okay. Or they have managers that are great at saying, oh, this person just needs a little bit more training. Let's do an accommodation. And, you know, what paperwork to do behind that? Those kind of things. Um, yeah. They might they may need something along the uh, lines of disability etiquette. How, how do you interact with people with disabilities? Mm. And the great thing about that is you want any of your, you know, uh, disabled employees in that too because someone who has one disability might actually not know how to appropriately interact with someone of a different disability. For sure, yeah. So yeah. you do trainings on all of this. That's a development side uh-huh. of this work. And Absolutely. you're in the community already with the disabled. So the placement, like you, you're you're placing those people into jobs. Or do people contact you to find placement? No. So right now um, I work for a nonprofit that I go out searching for the companies that want to hire people with disabilities, and that's where I found that there was that gap. Okay. Yeah. So you're the gap filler. I'm the gap filler. Amy, Amy, <laughs> contact Amy. You know what else I just love about this? Like you talked about the morale. I just think it's so beautiful and important um, for us to you know, learn how to live together with all people and work together. And I, I just can't, the, the ripple effect of this to me is so huge in society as a whole. Um, I don't know. It, it's like, I can see the fire that I could get up around this topic. It's, it's incredible. It's so incredible. Um, truly really accepting and valuing people. Absolutely. The, the really interesting thing is that when you talk to someone who has a disability and ask them why they want a job, their first answer is usually not because I need a paycheck. It's because yeah. I want to belong to my community. I want to feel valued. Mm-hmm. I want to contribute to my community, which right. I don't know how many people can act, honestly say that to their jobs on a daily basis, you know? Right, right. It's funny because, you know, high entrepreneurs, that's really where they finally get to that point of all I want to do is make a meaningful difference in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And yet the special <laughs> – you know, you're the population that you're dealing with. They already know that, you know, they're a step ahead of the oh, game. Absolutely. This thing is, it's so not about money. It's, it's so about contribution and, and community. And, um, and they are such an amazing reminder of that. So what a beautiful, what a beautiful way to bring us back to the truth really of why we're here well, and, and who we you, are. If you look at history with all the, the movements, um, you know, around diversity and inclusion in general, if you look back at history, employment for any group has gone up and down somewhat together. So, you know, if every, you know, if the majority of the population was more employed one year, so were the minority groups. And if it dropped, it dropped for everybody. And then slowly the, the gaps start to close, as you see over the decades mm-hmm. to the present. If you look at that same data and it put, insert the data for people with disabilities, that that line never fluctuates. For the last three decades, it's been somewhere between 15 to 20% employed. Mm. Whereas the nation in you know general is usually 70 and above, depending on uh, the group that they're looking at. Mm. And so it's, it, it, as much as I say, you know, equal opportunity employer, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Just giving them an equal opportunity to go through the same interview where they might need it to be phrased slightly differently, simplified a little bit, 
it doesn't mean that they can't do their work. And there are some yeah. huge companies out there that are already doing this. Um, Walgreens is one of them, and Microsoft yeah. is another one that are huge in actually recruiting people with uh, disabilities. Walgreens has 33% of their distribution plant has disabilities. Nice. Wow. And they actively changed things in their company. Um, the gentleman that started it, on a TED talk was saying that they were talking to a young man. He said, I can, you know, package 12 of these in a minute. And he's like, that's great, but we um, count everything in 10 minutes. So how much would that be? And the candidate couldn't do that multiplication. Normally that would disqualify you for the job according to their, their standards. But they're like, you know, we're going to give them a try. Multiplication was not a required skill for his job. Awesome. Got him out there. He's 150% faster than the average employee. Oh. So awesome. they would have lost an amazing, you know, they would have just glanced over an amazing employee yeah. if they had held that standard of, well, you know, you don't need multiplication for your job, but we want to know that you know multiplication. <laughs> oh, stupid. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So and tell Microsoft, us some of the placements yeah. that you have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> some of the placements that you've got going on right now? So um, right now I've um, been working a lot with restaurants and retail oh. and, uh, and working with really accepting that, you know, you might say in restaurants, oh, they can roll the napkins and, um, you know, the silver went to the napkins. Yeah. But there have been uh, certain companies that are like, but, but wait, can, you know, once I was interested in, um, setting up the tables before the customers come in and like, oh, hey, they can do that. That's great. And have really broadened their view of, hey, let's give them a chance to try it and to learn it and do it. And if they can, great. If not, we'll find another task that, you know, that's the company as well. Yeah. But also, you know, um, gives that person more skills and, mm-hmm. you know, more value to the company. Um, I have other uh, clients that are in retail that are like, oh, yeah, they'll just be unpacking, you know, the shipments in the back. But then they start putting stuff out on the floor and being able to interact with the customers. And they said, oh, you know, where's this brand or where would I find that? And being able to go and actually show them or if they didn't know where it was, find someone that could help. So uh, really, you know, letting them be inclusive in there and not just kind of there in the back corner doing something, you know, menial. Right, right. So good. So good. How do we get the word out? I mean, this is what we're doing right now is trying to get the word out. But is, are there any? Yeah, this is it, right? You just knock on doors and pick up the phone and <laughs> see who you know, yeah. where you know them. Um, yeah. You know, join uh, Chambers, <laughs> Chambers of Commerces. Um, okay. I I have a YouTube channel and I, you know, I'm putting up webinars and information uh, sessions up there as well. Awesome. Is your channel your name or is it Strategic Employment Solutions? It's Strategic Employment Solutions, yeah. Cool. Awesome. And um, I offer companies uh, trainings, so from half day to full day trainings on a variety of topics like um, ADA law. So that's a huge thing right now, especially in California, are litigious people that go out to sue people just to make money, (laughs) which is really sad because they're not actually out there to make the change. They're out there to make their income. But, you know, informing companies of what the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act standards are so that they don't get uh, these lawsuits. 
Um, anyone that has a website should be very compliant because that's a huge thing right now is, oh, your website's not ADA compliant, so we're going to sue you. Um, to settle a suit like that can cost you $16,000 to settle. Wow. If you fight it, it can cost you uh, three times your annual uh, revenue. And so it's better to be cautious and proactive than reactive. Yeah. Um, just because you no know, company has time to go through a lawsuit or, you know, I don't know of any company that would willingly give up $16,000 for a lawsuit. No. <laughs> so, um, Easily prevent that more Exactly. Um, you know, being able to change their hiring standards, uh, being able to, so another training is, you know, how do you interview? How could you change that? What are the skills actually needed to that job? Not ones that you hope they have or how they are socially. Um, disability etiquette, you know, how to interact with people of different disabilities. Um, for instance, if someone is in a wheelchair, don't go leaning on their wheelchair. That would be like me walking up to a stranger and leaning on their shoulder. You oh, know, wow. <laughs> yeah. Don't yes. person. It really doesn't work, you know, <laughs> things like that, you know. But also when it, when it comes to disability etiquette, experiencing some of what that feels like so you know what, you know, walk a mile in someone else's shoes type of thing. Oh, I can um, imagine what those trainings are like. That's awesome. I, I try to make them fun. Yeah. My, my school right. teacherness comes out because I believe adults should be able to have fun too. It's not just listen to what I say. Yeah. <laughs> let's, oh, yeah. yeah. Let's have some fun with it. Let's experience it. Um, you know, all the way down to how to do accommodations, getting over. It's a lot of giving, getting over fears and stereotypes. Um, I did a um, informational session and I asked the audience, I said, what are some of your fears? And, you know, they were the normal ones of, more uh, workman's comp plans and such, but the one that really hit me was you hire someone with a disability and they're untouchable. I said, well, what do you mean they're untouchable? Well, once you hire them, you can't fire them. Oh. Says who? <laughs> <laughs> California, at least, is an at-will state. You can hire and fire, you know, at your will. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it, you know, it turned into a conversation of accommodations. If you, you know, cover yourself and you have the paperwork and the paper trail that, hey, we tried to work with this person. This is how we did it. This is what we offered. And it didn't work. Then that's okay. You know, you, you were, you did it legitimately like you would any other person. Um, but there's a lot of companies out there that are afraid that they can't do that or afraid yeah. that they're going to lose the productivity. So it's a lot of education on, on just really breaking those stereotypes and those fears, overcoming those mm -hmm. fears, and seeing, you know, where it could actually grow your business. Microsoft mm -hmm. hires people with autism, and I'm pretty sure with uh, after their Super Bowl commercial this year, people with physical challenges because they have an adaptive game uh, console for those that don't have full use of their hands. Mm -hmm. You can't tell me that a fully able-bodied person came up with that all, all by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's awesome. Uh, people so good. with disabilities see things in a different light and might say, hey, have you ever thought of doing it this way and bring in a whole new revenue stream for you, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we need them. We need their contributions desperately. So good. Definitely. At what point did you decide to leave education and step uh, but on Actually, out? 10 years ago this coming up month. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, uh, March yeah. of 2009. <laughs> I remember.
remember the day I left too. It's uh, funny, yep. you know, being, yeah, I was, a, I was a teacher as well. And you kind of up to a lot of walls, but I love, you know, getting out into the world. Like, I don't know what it is, but you can tend to get so stuck and it's awesome to make a big difference in the schools, of course. But um, I'm imagining you started to feel a little bit like you were um, busting out of the seams. Is that what happened? Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a lot of red tape of we can't yeah. do this because it's bureaucracy, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I've been told I rocked the boat so hard that I fell right off. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so like, well, in that good. case, I'm glad I could swim. Um, but I don't think that I ever stopped teaching because no. now I'm just teaching mm-hmm. a different population. I'm teaching adults, um, you know, something that they might not have realized was out there that was a possibility. Mm-hmm. And, um it, and it is, you know, I want to take some of the burden off of the companies and re- make them realize they don't need to do it alone. Because, I mean, to do that yeah. on your own if you have no background is huge. But um, there's a Special Olympics slogan that came out that uh, is uh, changing the world as a contact sport. Oh. And it is so, <laughs> so true. Good. You, can't, yeah. you can't just say, hey, I'm going to hire you and, and it's going to go, you know, peachy keen. You're going to be fine. It is a contact sport, and it, it, it is a team effort. If you don't have everyone involved, then you have a higher probability that it's not going to work. Yeah. And, I mean, you can't just say, oh, they're going to be in this department, so we're just going to educate these three people about working with people with disabilities. It really is a top-down change where your C-suite, your executives, your you know, presidents, vice presidents really need to be on board and say, hey, we're doing this, and this is why, and we're going to be with you through it. Not just, oh, yeah, you know manufacturing department can deal with that on their own, you know, type yeah. of thing. It it really is a overall big change. Yeah. So good. Well you're Social you are education. doing awesome work. <laughs> yeah, totally. Seriously education. Um what's your sister doing now? She is actually working for um the school district in her city. And mm-hmm. she uh, works in the um, HR department, so she helps with the filing, copies, shredding, um, you know, whatever they need. I know she was helping teachers awesome. clean out uh, binders and reorganize them at some point. So, so um, good. Yeah. So many so, beautiful uh, testimonies, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. She worked thirteen-plus uh, years at Sears before Sears got taken over and revamped by Kmart or vice mm-hmm. versa. And... Um, was a staple in the baby department and would help people pick out baby clothes. You know, people would come in and say, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so is having a boy and they have a jungle theme. Okay, well, how about this? You know? oh, that's <laughs> so, awesome. She's, yeah, she's in her late 30s and she's worked a lot in her life. So, so good. And bravo to your yeah. parents, right? That was good. They set the goal that she'd live on her own when she she wouldn't live at home when she grew up, and she lives on her own with some support, and not even in the same city as myself or my parents. Wow, doing awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, so good, so good. We got to raise the bar, hold it high. You know, people really do rise. It's so true. I think the people with disabilities have been underestimated for way too long. Yeah, and it's great that in the last. You know, a few decades, that's really changed even in the schools. Inclusion's a bigger thing in the schools. And I've read the research um, that younger business owners or um, younger CEOs and higher-ups are more apt to hire people with disabilities because they've had them in their school, in their classroom, or had that interaction, mm-hmm. compared to our more veteran 
CEOs that, you know, in a, got into their job probably before the last three decades. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have yeah. that interaction unless it was someone in their family or in their community that, you know, they knew really well. And I think that they're starting to see, but that might be the, the harder nut to crack is, is the uh, more senior executives that have been in the industry for 50 plus years. Um, they just haven't had that experience. So it's good to see the, the changes in the schools and the fights and, and challenges that the parents take on to get their kids included mm-hmm. should be trickling up because they'll be graduating with their peers and their peers will say, oh, yeah, I had a friend that had you know, still that disability, you know, through high school. And, you know, I want to I want to hire Jimmy now or you know Jane or whoever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because um, it is. It's about they have been included. Yeah. Like you said, the, the main education is just overcoming all the fears just from the unknown. You know, people don't know exactly what they don't know. So what a well, my what mom awesome told me that as a do. kid, um, when we brought my sister to preschool, I'm three years older than her. We'd walk down the hallway of um, her preschool and there were kids in wheelchairs lined up outside of their classrooms waiting to go in. And I was afraid mm-hmm. of the, you know, the wheelchairs, I mean, as a I was probably, you know, six at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had to overcome my own fears. You know, as a kid, I probably thought that they were, you know, transforming robots that were going to come attack me or something. <laughs> but, you know, my parents never gave up and were like, hey, you know, come talk to this person. You know, their chair is not going to attack you. They're not going to run you over. <laughs> yeah. And um, I see it the same way where, you know, it, companies are just big kids that haven't had that experience that, you know, maybe that person – especially with all the sci-fi you know, movies out there, maybe they're going to turn into something that we don't know. And to get to know the person as a person and not as their disability. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all people first. We all have, you know, um, you know, human qualities, obviously. We might not all right. have all, you know, of our hands and our feet, especially with our veterans coming in because they fall into the disability category too. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, most powerful things that I've seen hidden audiences when I talk about disability as a club. See, we always think, oh, you know, you join a club like in high school or college or even as an adult. Um, disability is a, a club that uh, you don't get a choice if you uh, join it or not. It's mm-hmm. by circumstance. And tomorrow, any of us could be disabled. Mm-hmm. And so how would we like to be treated once we you know, rehab from that disability and, you know, find our strengths and get back into society, how do we want to be treated? Because disability doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care who you are. doesn't care what your race is, your religion, your gender, your identity, anything like that. And, you know, we could wake up tomorrow and be disabled. So no one's immune to joining this club yeah. at any time in their life. And I know that if that happened to me, I would want to be treated with respect and I would want people to see that I still have skills. Yeah. Even if that skill set has changed, maybe I lost something, you know, when I gained the the disability, but maybe also gained some perspective. So yeah. people that were born with disabilities haven't, they've been, had that discrimination their entire life. Mm. And I mean, I walk in, my sister and I love going beer and wine tasting. <laughs> She's in her 30s. I'm in my 40s. We're all of age. And I've had the weirdest. I mean, she looks very young for her age. I I understand that. But she's got her ID (laughs) and everything. And I've been asked questions like, so she can drink? (laughs) And the sarcastic side of me looks and says, well, she's got a mouth, right? So 
but you know, I, I, I try to be very respectful because some people, I, I understand what they're saying. You know, and I explain yes, because she has a disability. Doesn't it. mean she's yeah. It doesn't mean she can't have alcohol. Her disability, you know, is not yeah you know, affected by alcohol. I mean, she's all of you know four feet tall. So <laughs> you know, not. I'm sure you know if she had more than one drink, it would affect her like any of the rest of us. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. She can drink. Yeah, you know, just because she has Down syndrome does not, not mean she cannot drink or, yeah. you know, uh, go for a hike or whatnot, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I was at the dentist yesterday, and I have this dentist that's so into relationships. It's, I mean, that's what business is, I guess. But um, it was really cute. She said, we are not here to treat teeth. We are here to treat people. <laughs> I love that. It's not about the teeth. It's about the people. It's about the person, you know. And that's that's what we're talking about here, too. It's not about the disability. It's about the person. And it's about what Absolutely. we can learn from people as well. We need each other. We need all of the human race. So. This is so well, like they important. say, it takes a village, you know, right, and without right. people, we don't have, no one has a business without people. You don't right. have customers, you don't have a business and, right. um, you know, they're customers too. And they have disposable income too. And in the billions. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 20% and then their families said, have that disposable income on top of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, I think it's gosh. definitely that. Yeah. So good. So reach out to Amy, people, at SES, Strategic Employment Solutions, advocacy.com, for a free consult to see how um, she can help you guys reach these um, diversity and inclusion goals, train your people, get placement. Um, I can just see so many benefits to this um, in every company. It's oh, amazing. I love hearing people's visions and their goals, yeah. and I love supporting them and, and getting them the resources that they need to make those goals become a reality. And my theory is at this point it's still a very new topic, diversity and inclusion in general, in the workforce is becoming bigger. And the sooner you get on board, the more you are the forefront of your industry. Mm, you can be that awesome. trendsetter that says, I did it, and I did it first. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Amen. That's a big deal. It is. It really is. Yeah. And and yeah. then help others do the same thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And be the change that we're hoping to see in the world. And I love what you said, that um, changing the world is a contact sport. And you're in there. You are in there making contact. <laughs> And I love it. I love the people that I meet. I love connecting them with clients that or potential employees that can bring so much to them and seeing the face of those potential employees as they get their jobs and integrate. It's it's amazing. Yeah. You're so aligned for this work. It's really refreshing when you meet people that are just doing what they're here to do, you know, and you just walked right into it. And it's really, it's beautiful. Not a day wasted. (laughs) Now you get to serve. (laughs) Not at all. Enjoy life in San Diego. So beautiful. All right, people. So reach out to Amy at SESadvocacy.com for a free consult. And if you want to amplify your voice and get your message out, you can contact me, uh, Stacy, S-T-A-C-E-Y, at StacyC.com. And um, we've got coaching programs and all kinds of ways to get you heard, to step into the work just like Amy's doing right now um, and to do what you're here to do. So nothing better. So don't forget to be the change you're hoping to see in the world. And we will see you again next time on the Change Book Radio Show. Bye, Amy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome.